the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. We start hour number two of the Bruce Hooley Show with our weekly visit with Matt Mayer of Opportunity Ohio. You can follow him on Twitter at Ohio Matt. His site is opportunityohio.org. His substack is The Patriot Mind. And Matt, let's start with the primary. A uh, little bit interesting. We had, uh, for the first time, I guess, State Central Committee really in the spotlight because we didn't have a lot of other races with this split primary. It put some uh, new attention on the State Central Committee. And I was struck by the fact that Betty Montgomery lost. This is a former attorney general the state of Ohio, the first female attorney general, and she got beat by a bar owner. What does that tell you? Well, what it tells me, Bruce, is you know the, the, the Republican base is is frankly anti-establishment and pro-Trump agenda. And people like Betty Montgomery, you know, were, are you know, never Trumpers. They, they, you know, along with her buddy Joanne Davidson, the former Speaker of the House, you know, they they are essentially leeches off the system. They just get all these gigs on boards, commissions. Uh, and all this stuff. They make lots of money, become millionaires after their time in office. Uh, they left the state no better than when they got there. But, you know, so a bar owner taking down Betty Montgomery for a state subcommittee is just a just a great, great win. And it's funny. People are all across the state laughing about it because, you know, it's fun to take out a former statewide elected official. And then, look, in the state house, you know, Beth Lear up in Delaware won her seat mm-hmm. over an establishment candidate. That's another big win. Uh, and then some other state subcommittee people that, you know, people don't know their names, but they were good good wins over establishment folks. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out now uh, once the November election's over and, you know, we start talking about who's going to be the next Speaker of the House and, you know, Senate, the president, Senate, uh, president of the Senate uh, and how these, these positions then impact that. Well, that's what I find interesting is there's clearly, in my view, a movement throughout the state. The parents are energized, not just Ohio, throughout the nation. We saw it with Glenn Youngkin's election. Parents are energized. They, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, they want things like the thrust of, if not the specific bill, House Bill 616, 454. They don't want minors to be able to get gender reassignment surgery. They don't want CRT in schools. They don't want sexual gender ideology in schools. And they want girls to play girls' sports and boys to play boys' sports. And all those things are things that Bob Cup and Matt Huffman, who lead the House and the Senate in Ohio, uh should get behind, and I'm wondering if they sense a sea change here in Ohio or a you're going to be held accountable if you don't get behind it. What do you see on the horizon for the General Assembly when it reconvenes? Well, look, I, I think that it's going to be a more a more uh, Trump policy-based General Assembly, and I think it's going to be out of sync with Mike DeWine and John Husted, who are as establishment as you can get. They don't do anything on these big issues. You know, you just this week saw Ron DeSantis down in Florida do it, just a knockout punch on the fact that, you know, the, the medical establishment and the progressive left are trying to castrate young boys and and give mastectomies to young girls uh, because they're you know a bit confused about stuff stuff we would never ever think about doing and, and you know where is Ohio on this issue 
grossly silent as always, right? Because there's no leadership out of Mike DeWine or John Husted. There's no leadership coming out of the state state house, and, and that's got to change. Ohio's got to become a leader again, and we got to get the right people in there to lead, not follow. So, Matt Mayer, our guest, OpportunityOhio.org is Matt's site. Follow him on Twitter at Ohio Matt. DeWine got his wings clipped on at least one of his COVID policies by a veto override, um, but Huffman and Cup have to be the guys doing the heavy lifting on these bills. Do you sense that that they will? Because I think there are enough votes there to override if DeWine would not want to get behind those bills should they make it to his desk. Yeah, no, I think both both those guys are out uh, in terms of the you know, Cuff's not going to be the next speaker, and, and I don't think Huffman's going to be the next Senate president. So mm. the fact of the matter is, we're going to get new leadership, and, and that's going to that's really going to be the debate from mid November until mid January of you know who is the right leadership for Ohio to get some stuff done finally. Okay, fantastic. All right, let's switch gears. You update on your site opportunityohio.org uh, every month, I believe it is, where Ohio ranks in terms of jobs now compared to jobs pre-pandemic. I'm looking at the numbers. They don't look like a glowing endorsement of Mike DeWine policies. So, no, they're not. I mean, they're another black mark on the DeWine Houston administration. And frankly, Bruce, a massive black mark on, you know, the, the, the boondoggle that is Jobs Ohio. I mean, it's been around now for over a decade. If it was the greatest thing since sliced bread, or you'd expect Ohio to at least be in the top third of recoveries, and instead we're in the bottom third of recoveries, ranked 37th out of 51. Uh, and, you know, still got 2.15% below the number of private sector jobs in Ohio that we did back on February 20th. So, again, that's a problem. Now, another piece, if you look at the, the back side of that that document you're talking about, it's on the website, you know, we're, we're almost up a, a three-quarters of a million enrollees in Medicaid since February 2020. So not only are we not getting the jobs back, we're also growing, growing more dependence on government mm-hmm. as the Medicaid program explodes with enrollment from 2.79 million up to 3.41 million. We're almost at 30 percent of the state uh, citizens citizenry is enrolled in Medicaid. That's a huge problem, Bruce, for us to have a vibrant, booming economy. Yeah, and I'm looking. You don't want to be behind California in job growth with all their regulations. We are Washington too, and we're behind other states in the Midwest. We're behind Wisconsin. We're behind Illinois. Uh, so people can find those numbers at opportunityohio.org. Uh, Matt Mayer's our guest. Matt joins us every week. We talk about business. We talk about politics, state, local, national. And you can follow Matt on Twitter at Ohio Matt. So I know your background is in counterterrorism. And I was just curious to get your take on the uh, drone strike that killed al-Zawahiri. Uh, I think I'm, like uh, most Americans, thrilled we got another terrorist who... Uh, had his fingerprints all over 9-11, but the aftermath of this is what, not so much that we killed him, but where we killed him and what that says. Yeah, look, I mean, obviously great news that the guy's dead, right? Uh, but, 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 but it took us 21 years to get him. So yeah. if somebody was born in July of 2001 to somebody who then died on 9-11, that kid is now in college. So they don't get their mom or dad that died that day. Mm-hmm. But Zawahiri's been sitting around in mostly Pakistan, come back to Afghanistan after Biden did the botch withdrawal, has been living you know, fat and free in Pakistan and then uh, Afghanistan since then. So thankfully we got him. But one, boy, it took too long. Two, why did it take too long? Because for too long, the establishment politicians in Washington have tried to cozy up to 
Pakistan, while the ISI, which is their security service, has been essentially knifing us in the back by hiding bin Laden, hiding Zawahiri, and hiding other al-Qaeda-affiliated terrorists or now ISIS terrorists. And again, as you know, the, the you know Afghanistan right has become a haven back again for al-Qaeda. And that just shows the failure of us spending trillions of dollars to fight a war there when, frankly, we could have been just effective as going in, uh, doing what we did in the first month, uh, but not becoming caught in a long war that we couldn't win, but rather, you know, use our intel to, to, to take out the guys as we as we came across them uh, in the right way. Yeah, we'll wrap with this. Matt Mayer, our guest, OpportunityOhio.org. I guess my thought was when we withdrew from Afghanistan was, okay, we just started the clock, and I don't know when it'll expire, but we just started the clock on another major terrorist attack on Americans on U.S. soil. You couple that with the southern border, I think it uh, certainly um, accelerates that clock. And now we know from al-Zawahiri being in Afghanistan uh, and not in a cave, but, you know, in the apartment of a guy who's, you know, also hates Americans, uh, that to me, this is like they have patience. They play the long game. You know, the attack, the first attack on the Trade Center was 93. It didn't do what they wanted it to do. They're back eight years later. They're crashing planes into the towers. They have the stomach for a long, long, long battle with us, and I don't think we do. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. Look, in my first book, Homeland Security and Federalism, I have an entire chapter about the road that led to 9-11, and in that it really started back in 88. Uh, and I go through each terrorist attack that, that al-Qaeda bin Laden you know, did and how you know our response was feckless, and that led him to get more and more you know, bold until we essentially get the 9-11 attack. And, you know, the biggest concern I have is, frankly, if you've got a nuclear Iran and then you've got, you know, Venezuela just down south of us in that poor southern border, what worries me is a dirty bomb getting taken out of Iran over to Caracas and then up the American highway across that southern border and into one of our major cities. Because you get a dirty bomb in an American city, that it's going to essentially shut down sections of American cities for decades because of the, the, the radiation that they would be kind of embedded into the system. So there, there are things that make me worry. You know, I, I, will we have a 9-11 type attack? I think that's a hard one because we've done a better job of pushing out our borders and being smarter about how we stop that stuff from getting here via, via, via an airplane uh, or being done here. So the concern, though, is that poor southern border and what can come, come out of Venezuela with their relationship with Iran, which is a very close relationship. Yeah, fentanyl, we don't know who sometimes, particularly with the gotaways. It is a mess, and it's uh, very problematic and worrisome. We can't really do anything about it until, at best, 2024. Matt Mayer, Opportunity Ohio. Follow him on Twitter, at Ohio Matt. Always great to talk to you, Matt. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks, Bruce. So we have Matt usually every Thursday, unless he has an appointment otherwise. And uh, today they say he's not going to be nearly as hot as it was here yesterday. That's great for us, but it's not as consequential as a reduction in the heat, humidity, heat index is in Kentucky, where they're trying to find, hopefully, rescue victims from the flooding. The heat is an issue down there because uh, the water is they fear being contaminated, so they wear uh, these suits that keep the water from getting to the skin of the rescuers. But the suits, I mean, think of those plastic suits people wear to lose weight, which, by the way, it's a really bad idea. Don't do that. So the rescuers have been slowed by the extreme heat. Now, they're thinking that today in Kentucky will be a little bit of a more temperate day. Cloudy day is a good thing. And they also have to protect the dogs. The canines can find bodies and smell things that, you know, rescuers cannot. You got to keep the dogs cool and you got to keep them out of danger as well.
Having a conversation with my uh, friend last night, who I met through PatriotSwitch.com, I was talking about the importance of saying true things and saying them precisely. Uh, I am guilty at times of being too snarky and of over-exaggerating. And it's important not to over-exaggerate because when you do or when you get snarky, your point doesn't come through as clearly. So I try to be careful when I use certain words, or I'm trying to at least police myself when I use certain words, not to say them just because it's easy to say them. The word idiot, for instance. Uh, My daughter has said, Dad, you can't use the word idiot. And I'm like, well, um, I'll give that consideration. But I think I can use the word idiot when people have the availability of knowledge. They have the knowledge, but they choose to say or advocate for something different than the knowledge that they have. So I'm not sure on matters of, say, for instance, this Joe Manchin corporate tax bill and green energy boondoggle. I'm not sure if the Democrats are idiots, meaning they know that it's not going to cut taxes. They know it's not going to reduce the deficit. And they're just saying it will. Or if they're stupid, which means there's knowledge available, but they've chosen not to ever look at it because it conflicts with their worldview or whatever. Now, in a related issue, when it comes to the Biden administration and their incessant, insatiable, insane desire to greenlight transgender surgeries for minors, I do not say lightly that these are demented, evil policies from demented, evil people. There is a provision in the Affordable Care Act, yet another example of something named by Democrats that is the exact opposite of what it is named as. Section 1557 of the Affordable Care Act, which the Biden administration is trying to enforce in the face of being defeated in court repeatedly on this matter, which would force healthcare workers, doctors, nurses, anesthetists, to be part of and perform gender transition procedures. That's top surgery on girls. And... um And there's no even tasteful way to say this. Remaking a boy's sex organs into something resembling, but not at all functioning, like a girl's. And it would require health insurance companies to cover said procedures. And would also entertain a mandate, a mandate, to perform elective abortions. So, those are demented, evil policies. As I said, they've been defeated in court time after time after time. And so, they are back in court in the U.S. Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. A Catholic healthcare network and a group of almost 19,000 healthcare professionals are asking that Fifth Circuit Court to uphold a decision 
in a case, Franciscan Alliance versus Becerra. Say Becerra, Becerra, Becerra. Where have I heard that name? Becerra. Becerra is Javier Becerra. The health (coughs) and human services (coughs) director in the Biden administration. The health and human services director who wants to castrate boys and remove the healthy breasts of young girls. Luke Goodrich is the vice president and senior counsel, which means he's a senior legal uh, advisor for Beckett, which is the group that represents the Catholic Healthcare Network. And he goes through the demented, evil portions of this. A hospital that would perform a hysterectomy for a woman with uterine cancer would also have to perform a hysterectomy for a woman who wants to transition to living as a man. Goodrich said, if not, it would be guilty of sex discrimination and subject to multi-million dollar penalties. So you take a necessary surgery to save a woman, hopefully, from uterine cancer, and you pervert it, which is what evil, demented people do, pervert something good into something evil and demented, and force them to do the same surgery on a woman who is under the mental delusion that they are, in fact, a man. Goodrich said doctors who refuse to do this could risk charges of discrimination and face massive fines. You get massively fined as a doctor, what happens? Your malpractice insurance goes away. When your malpractice insurance goes away, your profession, your ability to practice medicine, to perform surgery, goes away. This is the way the evil, demented Biden administration operates. Anyone who disagrees with their radical, evil, demented policies is to be made an example of, to be canceled, to be eradicated, if at all possible. Goodrich, who represents the Catholic health practitioners, says the Biden administration is going forward with this, with this revised rule, even if the court rejects it, so that others, quote, might be cowed into submission out of fear of massive penalties. Do you remember during COVID? Well, not during COVID. COVID was over when Biden became president, but he said it was still during COVID. When Biden wanted to enact a rent moratorium. Oh, you can't be expected to pay your rent. There's COVID. You can't go to work. We're not going to let you go to work. We're not going to let you leave your house. We're not going to let you do anything. You can't earn money. You shouldn't have to pay your landlord. I know the landlord still has to pay the bank. The mortgage on the building in which you live, but eh, they'll figure it out. After all, they're rich capitalists taking advantage of you poor people paying rent. And somebody asked Joe Biden at a press conference, what happens if the Supreme Court overrules this? This does not seem constitutional. And Joe Biden said, well, you know, it's going to take some time for this to get through the courts. So we'll just do it until they decide what they're going to do. They are a lawless administration, and that is the best thing I can say about them. More from the attorney. He said, it seems Health and Human Services is willing to treat these court losses as the price to pay for trying to change the norms in the medical profession. What they're really trying to do is change the norms in the medical profession to include gender transition and abortion. Demented and evil. And I don't say those words cavalierly. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.